Welcome to the Post Bulletin Sports Podcast. It's Isaac Trotter, and we're joined again today by Pat Ruff. And here's the plan for today. We're going to talk some Big Ten basketball. And Minnesota has had maybe the best offseason that they could have asked for. They went out and got three big impact transfers. Brandon Johnson from Western Michigan is a grad transfer. He'll be eligible right away. Both Gotch from Austin, transferring from Utah. Uh, He's probably going to be eligible right away as he comes back home. But then the biggest news comes yesterday when Liam Robbins, the big-time center from Drake, he gets ruled he is going to be eligible to play right away. So I know we're not sure that we're going to have a season, but if so, the Gophers are going to look very different than they were last year, and they're probably going to be a lot more talented than they were last year. So, Pat, what was your initial reaction to seeing Robbins get that get that waiver? Well, he was the big uh, he was the big one. I mean, of the three, and I love I love Ruth Gotch, and maybe Booth will turn out to be the better player. But they really needed somebody to step in, or are going to need somebody to step in and try to fill a true shoes or come anywhere close. And having a big, strong seven footer who can do a lot of things, I, I just think they're maybe fifty percent better now because they have they just had to have that to be good. Yeah, I think um, I think it was one of those situations where I saw the news come out yesterday, and I go, "Wow, they needed that in a hurry." Because you look at the depth chart behind them; it just it just wasn't set up. But at the end of the day, I mean, think about the talent that this kid has. And Liam Robbins, if you haven't watched him a lot, go on YouTube and watch him watch his highlights a little bit. You'll be really impressed. I think. I mean, you know, we I I'll be honest; I only watched two Drake basketball games last year in entirety, and both of those were in the Missouri Valley Conference during the awesome stretch in March right before the coronavirus hit when we actually got real basketball, right? And Robin stuck at, st- stood out right away just because his length, his ability to rebound, his ability to score and at, at two levels. He's not really a three-point shooter quite yet, but he really can shoot it from 15 to 16 feet, finishes at the rim well, and then he blocks a bunch of shots. So it's like you see this type of player and you go, that dude can work. And I don't think that he's going to maybe average 14 and 10 for Minnesota next year, but he's certainly going to be a very, very capable Big Ten starter, right? Yeah, no. I think defensively, just having that presence, that size, he's a real muscular guy. Uh, he used to, I guess back in high school, he was like 300 pounds. I saw a little clip of him back then, and he was not shaped anywhere like he is now. He's pretty, he's pretty put together now. Um, so yeah, I think, um, his size, uh, strength and length are going to make a big difference defensively and that should go unchanged game to game, whether he's making shots all the time. He's a pretty good shooter too, actually, but I think the defense and the rebounding will be a big, uh, a big time factor from day one. So I don't think... I mean, if we were sitting here right right now and doing our Big Ten power rankings, I don't think we would have Minnesota as maybe, you know, a top five or six team. But no. how much do you think this changes the ceiling for, for the Gophers next year? I, I kind of look at it and I go, I think this could make them very much on the NCAA tournament bubble. Do you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, it's going to be a matter of I, I like the pieces on paper. But these things, you know, they, it all has to come together. And the guys that were good at Western Mission and good at Drake, can they also look good in the Big Ten? That's still a question. You know, we'll see if Robbins makes that jump as easily as some might think. Same with Brandon Johnson coming over from Western Michigan. 
who put up some really good numbers there. I mean, he averaged 15 points and wrote it all down here. 15 points, eight rebounds, shot 46% from the field, can block some shots. Robbins averaged 14 points, seven boards, shot 50% from the field, averaged three blocks a game. So we'll see if that transfers in the same kind of way in the Big Ten. It, I, I think and hope it will, but we're, you know, time will tell. So I think um, now you got to feel really optimistic that Gotch is going to get his waiver approved, right? I mean, there's no world where Robbins gets his waiver approved and then Gotch doesn't, right? Like that just doesn't make any sense. No, no, I think it's a lot that he is that he's approved, and and I didn't go over his. Let's see, what did he average last year? It was he, he, you know, he had some times when he didn't shoot. Actually, he had some times when he shot terribly, but I think it was when his knee. I interviewed him once or twice, and that knee was really bothering him for a while. Seems like it's fine now, but he shot forty percent from the field for the season. But he had some stretches where he was just abysmal uh, shooting. I think that's probably going to turn around if he's healthy. And boy, he's an athletic guy, and he's really fun to watch. We might look back and say he's the best of the three transfers. Um, I, I would even say he's got an outside chance to be an NBA player based on his length and that he's super athletic, super committed. He's got a lot going for him. So I, I think he can be a huge factor for Minnesota if he starts to hit shots. I, uh, I just thought of a fun exercise that we should do right now, but let's rank these top three guys, these these transfers, on who do you think makes the most impact next year. And I, I can go first, so you kind of formulate yeah. it. But I, I think number one for me is still going to be Robbins, just because I think that he's one of those guys that I don't feel like you have to draw up a lot of offense for him. He could score without plays being run for him, and the defensive impact that I think he makes is huge. I think two, I will go with Gotch. And I'm the thing that you said about him that really stands out to me is how good in transition he is. Like he he can fly in transition, gets up and down the floor. We saw it in high school, and he, we're going to probably see it uh, um, again in this winter. And he can just get up and down the floor. And I think if Minnesota can improve their pace a little bit, they were kind of one of the slower teams in the Big Ten last year. If they improve their pace to get that more out of Gotch, then he can really elevate his game. And I'll go Brandon Johnson here at three, not because of – you know, he's a bad player just because I think he's going to go from being the, you know, the A dog, right? The, the big, the big, uh, the big man on campus at Western Michigan to now at Minnesota. I think his job is going to be like the third or fourth leading scorer, which is a really valuable piece. And if he is, if he is a solid starter and gives you eight points and six rebounds a game, I think, I think you'll take that any day of the week. So I'm, I'm going Robbins, Gotch, and then uh, Brandon Johnson. How, how would that look for you? I don't have to say anything more than I'll go the exact same way. No, I, I would agree. I, I would only I would only say that'll change if Gotch turns into a really good shooter. Then I think he's got a chance to be one of the more dynamic players, not only on this team or maybe the most dynamic player on this team, but one of the more dynamic players in the league because he can get end-to-end -end extremely well. Um, I think he's a good defender. Um, he, he just does a lot of things, and plus he he's got this. There's an excitement to his game that I think when you're an exciting player that rubs off on your teammates, and th that gives everybody energy. So you know, Robbins is probably not an exciting player. He's going to be productive. I think Koch could be an exciting player that will. Fans will 
guys will love and teammates will enjoy playing with and watching too. One thing that I, you know, watching Minnesota play last year, I didn't think, you know, you kind of look at the numbers and you go, how did this team finish third to last in the Big Ten, right? But then if you really look through it, they're 8 and 12 in conference play. And in a lot of years, eight Big Ten wins probably get you in the NCAA tournament. We're just talking about one of the most loaded Big Ten teams or both loaded Big Ten conferences that we saw last year. Just absolutely, you know, jam-packed with talent top to bottom. So I, I look at this roster, and even though they're going to lose Oturu, I think I think this is a team that maybe the – I don't know. Maybe they don't make a huge jump and they don't turn into a top-five team, but they can be eight. They can be seven in the in this Big Ten just because I feel like now – we're assuming we're going off the assumption that Gotch can play right away. I just feel like they have more scores and they're they're harder to guard this year. And I think defensively they might even be better too because we all know what Kalsher can do defensively. But now you have a guy like Gotch who figures to be a pretty good defender too to go along with Robbins who's a great shot blocker. Like they're going to be better in all aspects of the game next year. Yeah. Well, the other thing that was hugely important is that Marcus Carr decided to come back. You know, if he hadn't decided to come back, that would have hurt as much as Robbins being declared ineligible to play. So they had everything fall into place, and I'm, I'm next to certain Gotch is going to be eligible also. So everything they wanted in terms of the offseason has come to fruition, um, You know, again, assuming that, that Booth is eligible to play right away. Marcus Carr is a really good defender, too, out front. They, they can have three guys out front and Carr and Kelshire and Gotch who can all, all really defend, and that's where it starts. That's huge. The other thing they're going to have is they're going to have a backup point guard this year. They didn't last year. They, I mean, they had Greenlee, Brian Greenlee last year, who, who wasn't suited to be playing in the Big Ten and since transferred. Now they can run uh, Gotch uh, off, you know, not off the bench, but they can shift him over to the backup point guard Jamal Mashburn was a really sounds like a very good signing for them in the offseason, a freshman um, that can play shooting guard or point guard, probably more of a shooting guard. And a, another guy I think is kind of a sleeper here is this David Mutoff that they got from Turkey. I've watched a little film on him. That guy has got a beautiful stroke. He's got a, just a pure shot. I think he's going to be better than his three-star rating suggest i think he's gonna we'll see i'm very optimistic about that guy so my over under was about 12 minutes till you mentioned your your boy mutoff and you got it just underneath it you didn't take you long to get him in there how would you know i like what's your advice listen there's uh, nothing better than a lefty white shooter right like that is like you can't really draw up a better player right <laughs> well he is uh he is a shooter, and he's smooth, and um, he's got a chance to really hurt you from three-point distance, which opens a lot of things up for a lot of people. So that could be invaluable, especially when, you know, Kelshire had a down year as a shooter. You could, you could, you could sit him down for a while, put him, put him in Mutoff. Um, Isaiah Enan was another guy as a freshman that shot it really well from three last year. He's about 6'10 or something, kind of an exotic exotic player who, who showed some promise. So they're going to be way deeper than they've been, not only deeper than last year, but than they've been, gosh, since for years. They're not going to be better than they've ever been, but they're going to be deeper than they've been since, I don't know, maybe 12 years or so. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, 
I thought that Kalsher really wore down throughout the season, and you could see it. I mean, just the mental and physical strain it takes to go up against some of these lead guards that he was trying to battle every night. Like, I, it makes sense why he didn't have a great shooting season, right? Like, when you invest all that effort into defense, you're probably not going to have the legs for the jumper. So I think you're right. Now that that added depth, I think he's one of those guys. He's on a list for me that I think that he's one of the maybe three or four winners of this offseason where he could really – he could really have a special bounce back here. Yeah, I think that he could. Uh, I'm sure he was disappointed with how he shot. And I bet you there was a fair amount of pressure on him to be productive last year because they didn't have a lot of other guys who could do what he was being asked to do. That doesn't help your mindset when they know, you know, it's going to be you. And if you're going to struggle, man, we're in trouble. <laughs> so there's going to be other guys they can toss in if he's having an off night. That, that just alleviates some pressure and maybe makes him into a better player. So I think um, now we, we see that this team's more talented. I, I still have questions about Patino long-term and whether he can get the most out of this roster. Um, but another question that I have is, can these guys mesh together and play together? And that's going to need, need time, and we really aren't going to have a lot of time. I think we both are expecting that this Big Ten basketball season is not going to be a normal one. I think we could see this season maybe not get started when we originally think, maybe November 25th. It's just going to be different, and it's going to be tough for a new team with a lot of new faces to really pass up some of these other teams in the Big Ten that are filled with experience and, and they played together before. So what – like – what have you seen from Patino that makes you think that he can get the most out of this roster, or, or is that still a big question for you too? I don't question Patino's coaching. I actually think, I mean, I wish he substituted uh, more. I wish he played Michael Hurt more than he did last year as a, as a hometown kid. Um, um, but I wish he was more uh, willing to use his substitutes. Maybe he just didn't feel like he had the kind of quality substitutes he needed last year, didn't use them. This year, he should have them. Uh, but as far as how they look, how they pass the eye test, to me, they pass it pretty well. They tend to defend well. The ball moves pretty well. Um, I mean, my biggest thing with Patino is the same as most people who pay attention is that he's not recruited Minnesota kids very well. And there's been a lot of great, great Minnesota kids to recruit that he's missed on. That, I think, is the part that's the most discouraging about him. I don't, I don't see him as a, a poor in-game coach, and I, I like the way they look when they're playing. So um, I think he, could, he can meld these guys. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. All right, let's do an, another fun game that just popped into my head for fun. I have the Big Ten standings in front of me, and I think we can both assume that Minnesota will finish better than Northwestern and Nebraska just like last year. But I'm going to start from the, the teams that are just barely ahead of them, and I'll list these teams off, and, and let's break these down a little bit and see if you think that Minnesota is in a position now, to, or maybe they can pass them. So the team that finished just above them in the Big Ten standings last year, they went 9-11, and 11, was Purdue. After the additions, after this great offseason that Minnesota's had, are you comfortable putting Minnesota above Purdue? You know... Uh, full disclosure, I have not studied what Purdue's done in the offseason, but based on what I saw last year, um, I, yes, I would think that they, I, I would put Minnesota over, that's a hard, it's hard to do this, yeah. but yeah, for the sake of fun, I'd put them over Purdue, I, yeah, I would. I think I'm with you too, and a big thing is, a, a continuity thing for Purdue is not going to be there, because now they're going to lose Matt Harms, he transfers to BYU, yeah. kind of a big 
big time player for them in the last couple of years. And then they also lost Nogel Eastern. He's transferring away out of the program. So yeah, I'm with you. Help. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Purdue could look different. They're interesting. I'm, I, it's weird to say that Purdue could have two back-to-back bad years, but I, I think it could be in the cards. Okay. Well, another, I, think, I think they have a great coach, so I think he's one of the right. uh, three or four in the conference. So that is heavily in, in, in their favor, no matter who they're playing, just Agreed. about. All right. How about Indiana? Indiana finished 9-11 and 11 last year as well. I mean, so many bottleneck teams. I mean, we're talking about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, seven teams that finished with 9, 10, or 11 Big Ten wins last year. So, Indiana, do you think the, the Gophers can pass the Hoosiers this year? Uh, you know, Indiana seems sort of all over the place last year. Sometimes they look good. Sometimes they look really pretty bad. Um, there's a team that I'm not so sure is all that well coached. I mean, they've had some pretty good players who just haven't, I don't know. There's not a lot of consistency. So um, based on everything going right in the offseason for Minnesota, which it did, and that's going to go unchanged, yeah, I'm going to put Minnesota over Indiana. I'm a little higher on Indiana. I'll push back on that a little bit just because Trace Jackson Davis feels like a better player than anybody that Minnesota has. It's good. But it's close. I feel like both they're very similar tiers. All right. How about Michigan? They went 10-10 and last year. Minnesota played them tough. Uh, Michigan or Minnesota next year, which team would you rather have? I think I'd go with not even knowing all that they have. They don't have cheddar yet. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go Michigan okay. just because maybe just because it's Michigan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Juwan Howard is probably who knows yet about Juwan Howard. My hunch is he's a good coach. Seems like a cool guy. Uh, going to recruit well. I'm going to go Michigan. I think I'm with you. They brought in a lot of talent. Number one Big Ten class. Um, they did? Yeah. Number one. number one class in the Big Ten this year is Michigan. And I think uh, Isaiah Livers coming back and Franz Wagner coming back is is huge. Like, yeah, they're, really huge. They're going to be good. Okay. Um, Rutgers, they're 11-9. and nine. Last year in Big Ten play, they do have their best recruit of all time, Cliff Omarui. He's returning. Um, but they lost a couple upperclassmen that, that were kind of decent for them last year. So Minnesota or Rutgers next year? Well, if Rutgers could play all of its game at Rutgers, where they're allowed to do whatever they want, I'd go Rutgers. <laughs> Man, they're a physical team at home. They just absolutely manhandled Marcus Carr last year. Like half of those things that were not called as fouls probably should have been. 18. And then they come play at your place, and it's a completely different deal. Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota over Rutgers. I don't. I don't see them doing what they did on a consistent basis. Not. I, I, not yet. I. I have a hunch Minnesota's roster is actually better at this point too. I'm going to go Minnesota. I don't know if I disagree with you there. I think you might be onto something. I'm a little down on Rutgers this year as well. I think. I think that maybe 20 and 11, like what they did last year, was the absolute peak that they could get out of this group. And 18 and 18 and one at home is awesome, but two and eight on the road is bad. And they're probably playing all your games this year on a neutral court if you're in a bubble situation. So they're dead. Yeah. Um, Penn State. How many other guys are back? Uh, they are losing their they lost all- player, didn't they? Lamar Stevens. He was really good. Yeah, I I like Minnesota more than Penn State. I really do. I I think. I think Minnesota's got a chance to be pretty good offensively. I think Penn State's going to be good offensively, but I don't think Penn State defensively is going to be very good next year. I mean, they also lost Mike Watkins, who has the most blocks in their their program history. And Lamar Stevens is known for his defense as well. So I think losing those two guys is going to be tough, and Minnesota has a higher upside offensively. Yeah, Stevens, 
Stevens was just a, I thought he was one of the top three guys in the conference last year. Whenever I saw him, he was really good. So that hurt. Yeah, I'm going to put Minnesota over them uh, as well. Um, you know, I, I think Brandon Johnson is going to make a big difference in power forward for the Minnesota. We didn't talk about him a lot, but he looks like a really active guy who's got a little bit of nasty to him, which is not a bad thing if you do it the right way. And athletic, um, I don't know. I, they just got a lot of nice pieces. Can it all come together? But I'll, I'll put them over Penn State. All right. Any? All right, I'll just list these rest of these teams off in bulk. Do you like them over Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State, Maryland, or Wisconsin? Any of those six there that you put them over? Maybe, I, I don't think I'd put them over any of them, but maybe Maryland. Maryland, Maryland losing Jalen Smith is huge. Then they lost, um, oh, God, and Anthony Cowan, who absolutely torched teams late in games last year. So yeah. I, maybe, maybe Maryland would be the only one, but I think the other, other five there are pretty much above Minnesota. I, maybe it's because of the rivalry I've always felt since being a, a small child with Wisconsin that I'm not really willing to consider them great. Um, they're veteran. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not – I'll be proven wrong again, but I'll say it. I'm not sold on Wisconsin. Yeah. I think they could they – could, I mean, Minnesota beat Wisconsin bad once last year. And the other time, they just missed beating them. Right. Maybe Wisconsin had two poor games. Probably did. But I came away from neither of those games thinking, man, they got a lot of good players. I mean, r- looking at rosters, I don't know. Uh, I could see Minnesota passing up Wisconsin. Um, we'll see about it. But I could imagine it. For sure, that's bold. That's really bold. I'm not. I'm not going with you on that one. I think in 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 a season where continuity matters, Minnesota's not going to have. Minnesota's having what two starters come back, and they're going to have to put three transfers in here and a a couple freshmen that they think are going to play a lot in the rotation. And Wisconsin's got five seniors back, so that, that just feels like that feels like a team that could thrive in a in a weird season like this. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a great point. I sure hope you're wrong. <laughs> that's fair. All right, but the, but I think the the premise maybe of that exercise kind of shows how much Minnesota's taken a jump this offseason with the with the additions that they have. You know, we put them above Purdue, we put them above Rutgers. We like them a little bit more than Penn State, and we, we could be talked into maybe a Wisconsin or Maryland that they pass. And if that happens, and you even like them more than Indiana, so I mean, if that happens. You're talking about a team that goes from 12th in the Big Ten to 8th. And if you're an 8th in the Big Ten, you're making the NCAA tournament. And I think that's the big takeaway from this. The impactful, impactful transfers that they've added, the Robbins, the Gotch, the, the, the Brandon Johnsons, like those three guys and Marcus Carr returning are huge, huge pieces for this offseason that's going to absolutely make Minnesota relevant again. I really think right. that. And I think adding um – Mashburn is a freshman who who is like a top eighty five in the uh, country players high schooler considered a really good shooter can't have enough of those and David Mutoff did we talk about David Mutoff already <laughs> I think he's going to be a helper um, those guys I don't think you discount those guys either that it's not just the transfers I think there'll be a couple of freshmen that are are going to help and then you, and then if you're a gopher um, enthusiast, uh, you look at a guy like Isaiah Enan, maybe making a jump. He had some really good flashes last year. He had some flashes where he looked lost too, but he had some very 
encouraging flashes. You get Eric Curry back if he can stay healthy. That's a big if, but he's a good player. Um, there's just a lot of pieces there that I'm not used to seeing that many pieces on a, on, on a Gopher team again in a long, long while. So I'm just hopeful. It could be a lot of fun. Here's my question. Is David Mutoff going to be Clay Thompson or Steph Curry? Oh, I think it'll be better than either of those guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's an Isaac Trotter, if you ask me. I mean, I've not seen you play basketball, but I hear all these good things. I, I'm going to put him in your league. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Um, if you ever want to get a... If, if Trotter, I'm out there. Okay. So if you ever want a quick synopsis of what Isaac Trotter brings to the court, you can think of like a, a Joaquin Noah with a jumper. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Because so in high school, I was kind of like I was kind of like the dude that was like kind of balls to the wall all the time, like full out effort, never like no ball was ever out of bounds. I would like dive after stuff, but then I could shoot a couple corner threes. I wouldn't say I'm like a knockdown shooter, but I'm a deep, pretty decent shooter. Oh, that's a pretty good player then. You, if you're yoking Noah with a jumper, that's that's what all he lacked. All right. Well, Noah was Noah was better defensively than me. I was the guy who would hold the jersey around the screens so I could stay tight with people. <laughs> you would have put well in at Rutgers. Oh, I would be the perfect Rutgers away. Can't wait. Eligibility <laughs> gone. Uh, which uh, which Minnesota basketball player most resembles Pat Ruff's basketball game? Um, golly, let's go. <laughs> uh, I hate to slight any of my guys here. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I could shoot David Mutoff. <laughs> <laughs> David Mutoff has, has evolved into your guy in a matter of weeks. I was, good, I was a good perimeter defender. Maybe Gabe Kelshire if I could shoot. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair. You're Gabe Kelshire light. <laughs> That's me. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, bold predictions wise, you have to you have to gun to your head. Does Minnesota finish above seventh in the Big Ten next year? Um, let me go find a gun here. <laughs> um, um, how much time do I have? <laughs> I would say. My heart's wanting to make the answer for me, and my heart says yes, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say eight. Okay. All right. I was going to say ne my next line was going to be eight and a half over or under. So you, <laughs> you, you take the over that or the under that they're going to finish better than eight. I, yeah. I'm going to – yes. Yes. I'm going to say – I'm going to say they finish eight. And, and before we get out of here, I have to ask you, uh, Illinois boy, freshly – uh, out of the University of Illinois, or Isaac Trotter, what um, what place did your Illini finish? And I love the Illini. I think they're going to be they're going to be really really good. Uh, this is not homerish at all, but I I really genuinely think that they might be the most complete team in the Big Ten. Like they yep. were they were the best defensive team in the Big Ten last year, and their whole defense is coming back. So they're going to lose some scoring with Andres Feliz moving on and Alan Griffin transferring to Syracuse. But I mean. This is a program that they're ready to win big, really, really big. Ayo Dusumu is probably the second-best player of the Big Ten. Kofi Coburn was the Big Ten freshman of the year. You add two top 50 guards to this mix, too. The backcourt's going to be pretty deep. They're just going to have a lot of different ways that they can beat teams. 
And I think continuity really matters in a season like this. So I have them, I think them and Iowa and Wisconsin are the three favorites in the Big Ten. And then Michigan State's right there too. So I I think if I had to pick, I think they probably get second just because I think um, this this group hasn't really won at an elite level yet. Uh, Like Michigan State has, Michigan State's won at an elite level. Illinois hasn't won at an elite level in a really long time. So I think they have all the tools it takes to to really do it. I just need a I just need a real season to see it. So I'll I'll hedge my bets and cut, go with second. I think I think Iowa probably has a little bit more offensive firepower than them, and I think that they have they match up with Illinois pretty well. So that it's going to be Illinois or Iowa for me. It'll be fun to watch Illinois play Iowa. I know they get along well. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> That's the thing. Minnesota and Illinois fans can can uh, unite over the fact that we just don't like Iowa. Yeah, and, and, and I've always actually liked Illinois. Even before you showed up, I liked Illinois. Oh, wow. How nice of you. I'm rooting for them. I'm going to say Illinois wins it this year, and I hope it's not Iowa, and I hope it's not Wisconsin, though I know those are both two very good teams. Yeah. I, 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 See, the thing with Illinois that I – the thing that Illinois that has is that they have the best closer in, in DeSumo. And I and it feels a little weird like they're playing with house money right now because DeSumo wasn't supposed to come back. He was all set on leaving. And for him to pick that 1% chance and decide to come back for one more year is really special. And 16 years ago, Illinois went to the national title game and went 37-2. and 16 years before that, they went to the Final Four. So every 16 years, Illinois basketball seems to crank out a really, really special team. Flying a line, I-89. Yeah, Darren Williams and D. Brown in 2005. And this year, you get Iota Sumu and Kofi Coburn. I mean, how, how much better could it be? It would be so perfect, though, like such a perfect Illinois thing to have their best roster in 16 years and have the coronavirus destroy it and not let them play. <laughs> that would be so on brand. Illinois was in nice shape when the NCAA tournament was about to commence. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, you got to be kidding. I mean, if you're an Illinois fan, yeah. if you're a Gopher fan, you're like, yeah, you never know what was going to happen for sure. But, but anyone with high hopes is, was being uh, not very realistic. But I think that's like the beauty of the Big Ten because you saw Illinois and Minnesota play last year. There wasn't that big of a difference between them when they're head-to-head matchup. That I mean, that was a, a really close game with a minute and a half left. And, mm-hmm. and we're talking about a Minnesota t- – team that we think is going to be a lot better next year and an Illinois team that's going to be right in the mix for a Big Ten crown, and that's maybe one in ten in the conference, right? Like, that, that just shows you how good and how deep this conference is. So I'm, I'm just really hoping that we learn from the NBA and we can have a bubble because I think that we've seen how that works. And if we could do a bubble for college basketball that we can have as close to a normal season as, as you humanly can during a, a pandemic, that would just be – That'd be just huge for my morale. That'd be so much fun to have that because I, I really think the Big Ten is as good as it gets this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a bubble looks like. We're, we're, we're veering away from uh, having a gopher podcast, but I'm not sure what a, what a bubble looks like in the college level. I'm sure they've, without getting into it now, but I'm sure there's uh, they've, they've thought about it. And uh, Anyway, would I'll I, stop. Would I interest you in a thing? If you looked at The Athletic, they put a proposal together and what it could look like and they have the Mayo Civic Center on the list as a potential bubble spot where Minnesota would come play, Wisconsin could come play, Iowa State, Iowa, and they would play all of their games there at the Civic Center in Rochester is what their proposal was. It's like a, and they'd have the North Dakota schools is there as well. And, and 
Um, if that happened, I would be camped outside the Civic Center in a tent for three <laughs> weeks, and you would not get me away from that. I'm watching college basketball. Civic, if, if that doesn't work, we've got a driveway at the Rough House that could accommodate. There's only one hoop, so you'd have to, you know, <laughs> maybe take it or whatever. But, you know, you're outside. Just a thought. It's very safe from the virus there. Yeah, my wife could make cookies. Um, I don't know. It's a thought. I'm just saying, if we had Big Ten basketball come to Rochester, I I would probably cry tears of happiness. That would be amazing. I would love that. I, wish, I might join you in that. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Let's make that happen. All right, Pat, this was right. awesome. Had a great time chatting with you and breaking it all down. Minnesota basketball is back, baby. It's back. <laughs> it's not so right now, but it's pretty good. <laughs> David Mutoff. David Mutoff, Big Ten Freshman of the Year and possibly Player of the Year. That's our takeaway. <laughs> One and done, David, they call him. <laughs> Have a good one, man. All right. See, See you later. later.